has all the knowledge you want. Malik books has all the knowledge you need. Malik books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik books. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Malik's Book Show, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. Hi, my name is Malik, your host of Malik's Book Show. Episode 34. I think you're going to enjoy this episode because I interviewed a young lady by the name of Kiara Imani. Let me tell you something about this young lady. She's special. This young lady is a graduate from Virginia, University of Virginia, and now she's an attorney. She also is an entrepreneur and has invented a card game called like you that can be found in Target and Malik's books. She also is a talk host on Donna Meeching and everyone on KBLLA Talk Radio. It's a black owned talk radio station owned by Tavis Smiley. So she's a talk host on the KBLA and now she's an author and her book is called Therapy isn't just for white people. It's a memoir and it has her own personal experiences growing up and how she dealt with environmental racism, discrimination, and how she was able to still overcome whatever was thrown at her to become what? A graduate, an attorney, a uh, an inventor of a card game a car I like you that's right an entrepreneur a talk radio host on KBLA and now an author so we are hosting her at Malik's books on August 13th at uh, that's a that's a, a Saturday August 13th at two o'clock we're hosting her at Malik's books and we also have another talk radio host named Dominique Prima, who's going to be the moderator who's going to be the our guest host who's going to interview her about her new book therapy isn't just for white people so I had a chance to interview her about this timely book that's slated to be released on August 9th. So sit back and enjoy episode 34, Therapy Isn't Just for White People, available when released at Malik Books on August 9th and in-person interview taking place at Malik Books August 13th at 2 o'clock. So enjoy the episode. My guest today is Kiara Imani, and she has a new book out called Therapy Isn't Just for White People. And that brings me to my first question. Why did you say therapy isn't just for white people? Is it because black people don't go get therapy? Listen, I think in the black community, up until very recently, we weren't really talking about mental health. We talked a lot about prayer and uh being too blessed to be stressed and sucking up your problems and being a strong man or hashtag black girl magic. Mm -hmm. But we weren't talking about what happens when you bury your emotions. Where do they go? Because they don't just disappear. And I noticed just in my community, but just with a lot of my friends too, that there was a lot of trauma. I define trauma like Dr. Anita Phillips, who is an amazing minister and 
therapist and she says trauma is anything that negatively affects the way you see yourself, God, or the world around you. And when Mm. you think about trauma that way, we've all experienced a lot of trauma, especially being black in America. And what happens when you experience what I would say are micro traumas, not like the big traumas that we generally think about when we think about trauma. We think about death or the KKK or slavery or some of the terrible things Mm -hmm. happening in the country. But we also suffer from these micro traumas. Someone telling Mm -hmm. you, you're very articulate for a black person or you're beautiful for a black girl. What messages is that sending you? Is it telling you that black people are not supposed to be articulate? That black is not beautiful? And so it's really just recognizing that these micro traumas that add up over time, they can really start to affect us. And for me, I had a lot of anxiety and it wasn't until I went to to therapy when I started Mm -hmm. deconstructing some of these experiences, figuring out, oh, this didn't come from nowhere. No, it didn't. Everything has a past. It's cause and effect. And you mentioned um, like the way you talk. Mm-hmm. Have you heard um, this experience um, where someone said you're different? Oh, yeah. I have a whole chapter <laughs> in the book called You Talk Like a White Girl. And I had to really think critically and break down what that means. What does white sound like? Is it because the subjects and verbs agree? Is it because of the intonation? Is it because you have an extensive vocabulary? And why would we associate that with the color? White people do not own language. Now, I'm going to be honest now. Uh, typically, if I'm on the phone talking with somebody, I say, oh, I think that person's white. Oh, I think that person is black. I think, I Which think is, we all totally, do it. Yeah, I, do that, I, I do it, too. I do it, too. I think it can actually be very useful to have stereotypes because they help us categorize in our heads as we're moving quickly throughout the yes, world. Yes. But when they're rooted in racism, something like you totally talk different. like a white girl, you start mm-hmm. to think through mm-hmm. just the complexities of what is associated with white is why is intellect associated with white and then we wonder why when we go to job interviews and people are surprised to see you and you're black or they're hiring more white people and they see the black candidate and think they're not as capable it's because we've been sitting in this narrative Mm -hmm. that says white is more intellectual Mm -hmm. white is more capable white knows how to handle customers black people not so much i believe those are deep-rooted seeds that we all have uh, have to deal with them engrams like that um we second guess ourselves and we doubt ourselves and it's because of um things that we've been taught to make us feel inferior Mm. and less than you know i I was told that if you put five thousand dollars on the table and you put five million on the table a lot of black people just take the five thousand because they're afraid to take the five million Mm -hmm. and that's what what i mean by that is that is that opportunities exist and oftentimes we don't take the big opportunity we take the little opportunity and so therefore we don't reap the bigger big bang for our money our education and so forth we stay out a little fish tank you know you 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 have a fish and it's if you put it in a fish tank and, and, and it would just swim around that side. You put that same fish tank in a big fish tank. They say the fish still only stays in that same circle. And mm-hmm. we have to come out of those boxes and think outside of the box. And I think trauma has a lot to do with it. I didn't get a chance to introduce you. And I want people to know something about you. And Kiara Imani is an attorney. See, mm-hmm. they need to know that. <laughs> You're a writer and a ho- and you host 
on uh, on the Donna Michi versus everybody, mm-hmm. which is on KBLA Talk yes. Radio, and you also are co-founder of a game card called Like You. Yes. And so I'm sitting by a black woman that is black girl magic. Here you got your feet in a lot. Now you author. Now you just wrote a book called Therapy Isn't Just for White People. A memoir. But your subtitle, A Journey of Understanding, Healing, Empathy, and Self-Love. So you multi-talented, multitasking, and I may I had to make sure I mentioned, you know, your background because that's very important. I'm mm-hmm. just not sitting here talking with someone that ain't don't have merit. You got merit. Thank you. And it's so funny. <laughs> I hear people say all the time, like you've accomplished all of these things. So number one, what do you have to complain about? And number two, you can't possibly struggle with anxiety or any mental health issues. You're highly functioning. And I explained a lot of people who struggle with mental health issues are highly functioning. Functioning, and sometimes it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Instead of dealing with what's going on inside, you just achieve, 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 because mm-hmm. there's this level of excitement that's released every time you achieve a new thing true. that could get you through the day, that's as true. opposed to sitting and dealing with the emotions that you're struggling with. And there was a young woman, a Chesley Christ, who was also an attorney, was also a media personality, and also competed in pageants. I used to compete in pageants, who mm-hmm. just died by suicide recently she jumped from a building and so many of the articles I read were like why would she do that to herself somebody's like who has accomplished so much and I think there's this idea that because you're high achieving or you're able to be high functioning that you're not dealing with anxiety or you Mm. don't have trauma you just never know what people dealing with Mm -hmm. I mean we just don't think about those things and you know You've achieved enormous amount. You graduated from what, Virginia State? Uh, UVA, University uh, U- of Virginia. Oh, University of Virginia. Let's get it correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, and- that's a whole other conversation. I have a chapter in my book, too, about... You know, just going to a predominantly white school that was built by slaves mm-hmm. and having to struggle with what does it mean to go to a school and have these accolades, but also you're still black. I talk about Martise Johnson, who was a student at the University of Virginia. I'm not sure if any of you have seen the video, but some years ago, there was a video of cops banging his head into a sidewalk oh, wow. after he yeah, was not admitted yeah. into one of the bars. Mm-hmm. And he's yelling as they're, you know, banging him into the pavement i go to uva as if having some level of achievement is supposed to protect you right but when people see you they're not going to stop and ask you what's your resume what's your background how qualified are you all they see is the color of your skin that's true so a lot of times there's like a false protection we have thinking because we're high achieving that we're different no you're not Mm -mm. and society quickly remind you (laughs) that you're black Mm -hmm. and uh, we can't escape escape you know who we are we are who we are and we have to learn to love who we are and deal with the issues that we have to deal with Uh, and i think your book is an attempt to address you know that fact that we have a lot of trauma and we should talk about some of the things that we can to you know to overcome it and i mean what was your motivation for writing you know this type of uh, material so I always knew that I would be a writer. I love writing. It's my first love, I say. Hello. But I couldn't see myself telling other people's stories before I told my own. Okay. And in the black community specifically, I don't feel like there are voices out there 
that are telling people, hey, look at me, I'm high achieving and I'm struggling too. So much of what we see is either black people in chains on their way to prison selling drugs, or we see the black girl magic side of it, right? We see mm -hmm. the Cosby's where everything is perfect looking and the family is perfect mm -hmm. looking. What we don't see is a real picture of a real black person moving through the world who may be high functioning, but also is dealing with how hard it is to be black in America. Ooh, and we've been black our whole life. So, I mean, I'm sure we can compare stories. Um, Cause I, you know, I, and I don't think, you know, one thing about men, we don't really, embrace you know going to the doctor let alone going to a therapist mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? oh, I think there's this idea too because I know several black men in my life who refuse to go to therapy but there's something to be said about are you saying I should go because you think I'm not good enough or I'm inept mm -hmm. I haven't shown up in the world as the father husband that I'm supposed to it's almost yeah, seen as yeah. like a like a dig like oh you need to go to therapy when it's not a dig i actually think mm -hmm. encouraging someone to break down stereotypes and trauma in their own life is a high form of love because what you're saying is i want to see you as the best version of yourself mm -hmm. but if you are let's say for example a father and a husband and your wife says we should go to therapy i can imagine how a black man might feel so i'm showing up every day for this family i'm doing what needs to be done and you're telling me i'm not doing a good enough job something's wrong so mm -hmm. i need to go fix it mm -hmm. when it's not that mm-hmm well, here's the thing. Um, um, you, know, you talk about a lot of different, you know, chapters in your book. And, you know, I want to know what is your favorite chapter mm. in your book and why? I have some chapters where I write about my grandma, Connie, who passed away from COVID last year. And I think those are really special just about her going through the world as a black woman, not having the same access that I had to so many things and people telling her that she used to talk like a white woman. And I have a, a story where I talk about how she was looking for a house for her family, for my dad mm -hmm. and his siblings and her husband. And, you know, back in the day, you just pick up the phone book, you make a call. Yeah. The realtor did not know that she was a black woman because it was a phone conversation. So he starts finding houses for her in all white neighborhoods. Oh, they okay. ended up being able to rent a beautiful house in an all white neighborhood because he thought she was white. Every time he talked to her, he'd say, Connie, you know, whenever I hear you, all I can think of is five, two eyes of blue because she was a short woman. He assumed she was a white woman with she blue assumed. eyes. And when he finally met her, it was too late. It was too late. He, and, and I don't know that he wouldn't have pushed the deal through if he mm -hmm. knew that she was black. Mm -hmm. But it was an all white neighborhood because he thought she was white. He was willing to look in spaces where he probably would well, not have looked if he knew yes, he was. Yes, so just the yes. complexities and being able to talk to my grandparents and especially my grandma, because I got so many stories from her right before mm -hmm. she passed. A lot of wisdom in, in elderly. Yeah. Yeah. We learn a lot. I know I learned a lot from my personally, my grandma grandmother Malik books is just because my grandmother was an entrepreneur mm. she supported me through selling pies on the street mm. and, and candy on the street and sent me money every month so that I can have spending money when I went to USC mm. and so just seeing that fortitude and that commitment to for five years because it took me five years to graduate mm. and she you know was was so spiritual and 
so giving, so, you know, they call a crusader, praise Scott. So I learned a lot from, you know, my grandmother. Um, but it's, 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 it, I think that, you know, black women in general are, have been the backbone of a lot of changes that have come about in these last 50, 60, 70 years. Absolutely. And I, I learned too about my great grandma, Lizzie, who was a, a janitor, but she called herself a maid of honor. She was mm. proud to be a janitor mm. because she was able to support her family. But she went back to college in her late 60s. In the she late had, 60s. And just learning stuff like that, too. Like, wow, yes, yes. education runs deep in my family. You know, just right. knowing that there were people who came before you and you carry their DNA, I think, can be really powerful. Really powerful. And um, I know that one of the chapters that stood out uh, in your book is called Know Your Worth. Mm. <laughs> yes oh my gosh I, I could go on and on about that for for a long time but I've been in so many situations where as a black woman I found out that I was making less money than a lot of my white counterparts mm. and at the time it was infuriating when you learn you're okay. doing the same job as somebody else showing up handling the same meetings, you have the Mm -hmm. same crazy boss, and they're making a substantial amount more than you, it's hard to deal with that. And at this stage in my life, I realized I had to believe that I was worth asking for the same thing that these white people were asking for. Mm, Because earlier in my career, I'd say to myself, well, my next job, I'll make sure I negotiate for more. At this point, if I find out that someone who looks different than me is making a lot more, I'm going to bring it up. Absolutely. And so did you have anxiety as you thought about approaching uh, HR or the boss regarding you doing the same work, showing up at the same time, getting less pay? Because, you know, a black woman is a double negative. hundred percent. And <laughs> it's easier as you get older, I think, to be more confident in showing up for yourself. In my mid-20s, I was you know, being told you're just lucky to be here. So there's that not wanting to mess anything up for people that work in corporate America. I strongly believe a lot of times with white people specifically, the squeaky wheel gets oiled, but with black people, the squeaky (laughs) wheel gets tossed out. Mm. They're like, oh, she's making too much noise, Mm -hmm. replace her. Whereas you have a white woman crying in the workplace and she gets whatever she wants. They pacify. Yeah, so trying to navigate the complexities of that. And imagine for, I know a lot of people have probably experienced this, trying to show up at work every day as the best version of yourself knowing that the company thinks that you're worth less than the person next to you it adds up it over has, time it, it does and and you know you can second guess yourself and you can see yourself as less uh, value and you know this all over this country these are issues that people are facing right now that they're getting paid less for the amount of work that they do and they're showing up every day and working hard and working diligent we help build a lot of these companies and these corporations our talent has been what has is a major part of the achievements of America what makes America great is the fact that we have devoted our blood and sweat and helped make this country great Mm. but the question is have we did we have received because we got some billionaires Mm -hmm. and we got some millionaires and some people look at that as a reason to say oh you've gotten your due hey we giving you free education hey why are you still complaining (laughs) that you know because we have never been compensated for our true value and still to this day 
there's people who are getting paid far less for doing the same job mm. only because of the color of their skin. Absolutely. And this is our country. <laughs> we built this country. So take a few crumbs and be happy doesn't work. Doesn't work. We're Doesn't just work. as entitled to every opportunity, every resource, every dollar bill as anybody else in this country. Yeah, absolutely. And I concur with that. I believe that, you know, America is great because of a multitude and, and of all the people who've lived here. You know, we've come a long way, mm. you know, from shackles and we got to celebrate, <laughs> you know, our achievements. You know, I did my last podcast last week and it was called Wake the F Up and Unite mm. because I feel like unity is more powerful than atomic bomb. And I feel like, you know, that's the missing link, you know, because we can have great achievements individually, but collectively we have to find a way to come together and pull the money, pull the resource, pull the intellect and make it a lot easier. If he, you know, it's like each one teach one. And so these are these things that I think I think that the two areas that we have to really focus on for real change. And I do believe trauma is a major part because this is why we're not doing those mm -hmm. things. I don't believe I believe because of our trauma ties, because of a lot of different things and a lot of different reasons. We we don't work together and mm -hmm. unite as we should. Some of us do, but we have to do it on a bigger and a grander scale. And that goes back to <laughs> that point, too. You know, how can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself you know people, a lot of people will say the bible says love your neighbor as yourself but it it means that you have to have self-love there first why would you think another black person is capable if you internally believe black people aren't as capable why would mm -hmm. you believe another black person can handle your taxes or run a bookshop if you don't believe black people can do taxes well are bad at math can't do business so i think we have to really investigate a lot of the beliefs that we apply to ourselves if you mm -hmm. look in the mirror and you think to yourself, I will never be as good because I'm black. I'm not as smart because I'm black. I'm not as pretty because I'm black. You're then going to project that onto other people. So when you see me, you see me as less smart. Mm -hmm. You see me as less capable. You see me as less intellectual. Not because I am, because that's what you've been ingrained in your head for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And my question then, who do you think is responsible to change that view that image all of us it's Hello. it's a collective yes, i think we really is. have to focus on becoming the best versions of ourselves believing mm -hmm. that we are worthy believing mm -hmm. that we are capable believing yes. that we can do anything we put our minds to because if we start to believe it about ourselves then we'll start to believe it about our brothers and sisters and the people I know that have started going to therapy, as they have started to love themselves more, it's been so much easier for them to love others. If they, as they've started to judge themselves less, mm -hmm. it's been easier for them to judge others less. Real talk. Man, you didn't drop some bombs during this interview. Man, I, you know, you didn't feel my head. I mean, you... It's the reason why you don't talk radio. Mm. It's the reason why, you know, success is always around the corner for you. You know, you're using all of your skills and tools and success is not accident. Mm. It's because of hard work, devotion, dedication, belief and, you know, forging yourself through whatever the obstacles in front of you. And, I see why you don't talk radio, because you dropped some jewels. I mean, you said a mouthful. You described your book. 
just so wonderfully and I know the people want will want to pick it up the minute you described it and talked about it your life is filled with a lot of rich stories that can help overcome other and help other people you know so I I, I definitely want to appreciate just tell you I appreciate you taking the invitation to come on Malik's bookshelf and talking to us about your wonderful book therapy isn't just for white people. I want you to tell the audience, you know, before we close, any additional information, um, how they can follow up with you and the things that you're doing in order to, you know, bring this book and doing all and, and your I like you cards and all the other stuff that you're involved in. Thank you. So I will close with my favorite quote. I think it's a quote that has really shaped a lot of the work that I'm doing. And that quote is the most powerful words in the world besides I love you are me too. Hearing that somebody else is going through what you've gone through, has experienced what you've experienced, makes you feel like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really hard to be great feeling alone. It's hard to do anything when you feel lonely. And so I really hope that people of color, specifically young people, will pick up the book and see themselves in it and feel less alone in their experiences and know that there is light on the other side of the tunnel. So that's it's really important to me that we continue to talk about our experiences. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kiara Imani Will or go to kiaraimani.com. I'm super excited. I have an event coming up at your bookstore, Malik Books, Culver City on August 13th. Dominique Deprima from KBLA will be hosting and we'll be having a conversation about my upcoming book so you can find information on the Malik Bookstore website or on my website or my Instagram page would love to see you there would love to see you there thank you thank you thank you thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf where topics on the shelf are books culture and community be sure to subscribe and leave me a review check out my Instagram at Malik Books see you next time